All right, I'll take this off. It's my daughter's. One of the things that you can say about Western culture is that it doesn't care a lot about what Jesus has to say. Jesus is kind of like a fairy godmother figure who comes with his magic wand and he, he cheers us up. Or he's somebody that prays for us, intercedes for us, or he's somebody that dies for us. But we're not all that interested in what he thinks about. And this is something that you can say both of Christians, those who somehow identify with Jesus, as well as non-Christians, people who don't really identify with Jesus. They're not really interested in what he has to say about our lives or about the world. Jesus just isn't that kind of person. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sanctus Forum. I am Michael Stewart-Robb and I am your sleuth for today. Um, belongs to my kids. Uh, the mustache doesn't even fit anymore. No, we are doing the conspiracy commentaries and that means we talk about this book, The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, just one section at a time. I kind of wanted to say, um, why, again, I do this series and uh, because sometimes you get into it and you're doing so many of them, uh, it's not quite clear why, why that is. Well, I do it to help people read better books better. To help people read better books better. Especially people who are in Europe and especially younger people. It's kind of one of those things where you'd expect diminishing returns because the better and better I do that, um, the less and less I would expect that people actually watch videos and start to turn to some books instead or, let's say, in addition. We are uh, a nonprofit and um, that's how this thing survives. There's a lot of work that goes into this sort of thing. And so we are supported by your prayers and by your giving and by people who volunteer. So thank you to all who do that. And it's um, getting towards the end of the year. I know some people do some end of year giving. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Let's get into this section. So chapter two. Um, Gospels of Sin Management, last section of chapter two, um, toward integration of life and faith. And we have three more subsections today. Our subsection is the case of the missing teacher. Dun, dun, dun. Well, it's actually a big section, so I can't really talk about it all. Uh, I just want to focus on a couple little paragraphs, I guess. It, very beginning, you get this phrase of a life of abundance and obedience. Now we talked about that in the last subsection. This is going to be a theme that kind of comes up for Dallas Willard and uh, just for your reference, um, at least in my book, page 41, he's gonna talk about that as well as all the way in chapter nine for me, page 312. Um, again, that sort of abundance and obedience is going to come up again. And those are going to be sort of two sides of the same coin for Dallas Willard. So no abundance without obedience, no obedience without abundance. The problem is 
what we call our faith in Christ often doesn't get us there. And so then this paragraph, we settle back into de facto alienation of our religion from Jesus as a friend and teacher and from our moment to moment existence as a holy calling and appointment with God. Let's think about that word religion for a moment. It's not really a word that we use all that often anymore. Um, my kids have religion classes in their school and they don't go to a private school, by the way, something we have here in Germany. Um, religion is not something that we're all that comfortable with anymore, but I think that if you think about it, look at it historically, you'll find that what we today call spirituality or perhaps spiritual formation is sitting in the same place that religion or piety or something of that sort used to sit for older generations. So think of Dallas as just in that sort of older generation that still uses religion in a largely positive sense as something you would want to have. You want to have religion, at least, you know, Jesus came to bring something very good to the world, namely religion. If you think about it in terms of spirituality or spiritual formation or something that we're more interested in, you can get a better sense of what he has to say. He's saying that there's an alienation of our spirituality, of our spiritual formation from Jesus as a friend and teacher. And I, I just think that that's, that's largely the case. If you go around and you look at, um, let's say, within the church world, the different things that are called spiritual formation, you wouldn't really say that these people are terribly interested in Jesus coming in and teaching us things about his philosophy, his ethics, his um, wisdom about how to live in the world. That's not really what those programs are about. And the other thing, um, we have an alienation of our spirituality, of spiritual formation from our moment-to-moment -moment existence. It becomes this thing that sort of is in special parts of our life and doesn't have to do with, um, let's say, our job is a big thing or our family. What takes the place of Jesus being our friend and teacher and having a lot to say about our moment-to-moment -moment existence is two things, which, um, well, here's what they are. Ritual behavior, and the other thing is an isolated string of experiences. Now, if you just think of churches, think about how many are interested in liturgies of some kind liturgies of some kind. Now, I'm not trying to knock that. I'm just trying to point out that liturgies, rituals, are something that a lot of us use to seek out a spiritual life. Okay? And then there are other groups that put the emphasis on experiences. So, worship nights. Um, I kind of move around sort of reformed and Presbyterian circles. We love, we love conferences with, with big, you know, fun, inspiring speakers, people who, who really, you know, give it to us and workshops. Um, these are, these are experiences. 
another form of experiences. So we've got sort of rituals, liturgies on one side, and we have experiences, um, just high moments um, in our life, whether they're organized by somebody else or possibly even, and I should probably say this about liturgies, it's sometimes that just means personal devotions, having that quiet time, having that sort of ritual in your life. These become substitutes for religion, which is connected to Jesus as a teacher and friend and connected to our moment-to-moment existence. And just think about how um, few of our churches actually devote much time to to teaching. I I mean, really the only thing that's left is is a sermon in most churches. They they do a sermon, but that is so... Um, thin in terms of content, in terms of really trying to push people intellectually, that um, can't really even count as teaching. And of course, that's not even the only way. Dallas has some practical things in here about um, doing seminars on how to do what Jesus said. Well, we don't we don't do that either. Well, um, I guess we've got a lot to to work on here, and this is kind of. Dallas is set up for what he's going to do in the rest of the book, which is to actually look at Jesus's teachings. Um, I love seeing comments um, here. So I, I know that some of you never comment at all, and other of you, others of you um, just love to comment. That always um, helps me, and I think it helps other people to sort of know that um, these are things that are best discussed and not just um, me blasting you with it through this uh, through video. But um, I guess I'll just see you next time.